I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. Episode 57. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His NB, where we are talking all things reality television that we are watching this week. We have so much that we are so excited to get into on this very special episode. Before we do, we got a few uh, housekeeping notes to get out of the way, as we always do. Um, I say it every week, but I really would love it if you are listening to this. Pause the podcast and go and leave a rating and a review wherever you listen to us, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. It's so, so essential to us that you leave that rating and a review because it helps us get into the algorithm. It gets us seen by more and more people. Um, and we always really also just appreciate the feedback. So if you have any feedback for us, be sure to leave that in the review. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, and your thoughts on what you're listening to. Um, we also uh, can, you can follow us across our social media as well on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and threads, all at a gay and it's envy where we are posting new content every day, new content every day, excuse me, including clips from the podcast, uh, including uh, funny memes and sort of our initial live tweets of shows that we're watching. Uh, if you want our instant thoughts on everything, go visit uh, everywhere on social media at a gay and it's envy. Uh, you can also pick up merchandise from us over at a gay is nb.threadless.com where we have a bunch of different designs that you can get on a variety of different items including t-shirts and mugs and stickers uh, and everything in between um, it's a great time of year to go purchase something and we would really love it if you get to rep uh, again is nb not just on your podcast apps but also on yourself uh, and you, on your shirt and, and whatever else and that you can get over at again it's nb.threadless.com you can also uh, submit questions to us over at uh, the social media platforms that I just mentioned or at again is MB at gmail.com uh, questions about stuff we're watching, just questions about life in general, whatever you have on your mind. Um, and we may answer them on a future episode of the podcast. Babe, what do we have in store on this great episode? Well, this episode, we're going to talk all things not Bravo. So let's, <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about uh, last week's episode of house of villains. Uh, this is turning out to be, one of the like most entertaining shows on television right now. I'm loving it. It's such a classic throwback mess. Oh, it it's absolutely a classic throwback mess. It really does harken back to like the origins of reality television, like the old school MTV shit. Yeah. Um, so I'm really, really enjoying that. Um, we're also going to be getting caught up on this past week of Big Brother UK. Lots of shenanigans going on over there in London town. Um, and uh, we're loving every second of that as well. But before we get to any of that, Let's get caught up on this season of Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, so we've been watching Dancing with the Stars uh, periodically uh, throughout the time. Uh, uh, you can go back and listen to uh, a couple weeks ago. We talked about the debut episode, um, but sort of everything that we've been watching in the meantime. Um, I, I've, I feel like I've really gotten back into enjoying this show. Like, it's something that... I haven't been watching like every year. I'm not like the devoted sort of like, right. We're not the devoted dancing with the stars household. It depends on who's on the cast. Right. And of course with Ariana on there, we had to tune in. It was right? a good, it was a good end to sort of like get us into it. And I, I actually think it's been a really good season so far. Like, I mean, it has similar problems that dancing with the stars typically does that we'll get into because of uh -huh. the nature of the eliminations and how the voting works and all that stuff, which I mean, we, it feels like the conversation gets had all the time about, like, you know, if it's an actual competition, shouldn't it be about that? Right. But 
I mean, apparently not. <laughs> I, I with thirty two seasons in, I don't think we're going to convince them to be like you know switch it up at the end of the day. Yeah, it's exhausting um, when um, certain people are still there and certain people are not. And well, I mean, I'm not really mad at who has gone home so far. Um, I think they've been pretty good at it for the most part until the, like the last two weeks. It's just the fact that we are still having to watch Harry Jousey out there every uh, fucking week. We tweeted about it. Like, Look, he's sweet. Right. He's just such a himbo and he's pretty to look at. I get it. I understand. And he's made some improvements, I will say. Stop voting for that man. But like let him go home. I just think like I don't I, I still can't fully understand like what the appeal is. He's from too hot to handle. I don't even think like to my knowledge that like is the most popular Netflix dating show of the Netflix No. He's not from like Love is Blind or anything. So it's like, I don't understand who is voting for him. And we we tweeted about it, and like most of the response pe- people got was like, "Oh, it's like fourteen or fifteen year old girls that are like." And it's like, I guess, but like, stop. Yeah, <laughs> like it, somebody take their phones away. Their children ground them. Yeah. <laughs> like stop. It's like two. So two. Like two weeks ago, Mira went home. Mira Savina, which I thought was really depressing and sad. Uh-huh. Like, I got. I'm glad that she got to do her Romy and Michelle dance. Yes. Like it was perfect timing in the sense of like we. It, I would be mad if she went home earlier before getting to do that dance. Right. Um, which I also loved. The, I, I thought it was so good how they did it too with her daughter, like coming in play and sort of all that. Yeah, stuff. that was really nice. Cause her, I didn't know her daughter like is in an actual like dance troupe. Are they uh-huh. called troops? Okay. <laughs> Some reason when I think of dance troupe, I think like, I don't know, like brain on or something. Well, anytime like, I think of troop, I think of troop Beverly Hills. Like that. that's what my brain goes to. <laughs> so, <laughs> but so yeah, she went home over here and that was like a really bad week for Harry. If I remember correctly to where I was like, he's had one good week. Yeah. And that was like, not this past week, but the week before. Right. Yeah. I think so. Like he's, and and like, he is like, he is on beat more times than not than like the first week. And that's, uh, you know, good. But, and then spoiler alert, like this week, like, uh, fucking Mauricio went home and I was actually really sad about that because I actually thought Mauricio was like one of the bigger success stories of the season. Right. Well, and like last week he had done that contemporary dance that was phenomenal yeah and also uncomfortable <laughs> it, w- it was uncomfortable because it was at the same time that the photos of him and his dance partner you know holding hands walking down the street came out yeah and beverly hills was premiering last week and we'll get to to that like we talked about the premiere last week but we'll talk about the new episode on the next episode you know what i mean anyway um but like it, it's just all of this drama last week and Kyle had like rescinded her support of him online right. and it was like all that stuff. And then he did like the, that weird ending to the dance where they were basically scissoring <laughs> and it was like, are you telling us that this thing with Morgan is real between Kyle and her? I don't know. And so like, it was awkward but it was a beautiful dance. Like, if you take all that weird context away from it, the dance in and of itself was gorgeous. Yeah. And I honestly didn't expect that from him. 
going in. He really was coming. Like, I mean, he kind of we he kind of was like old dad dancing like at a bar mitzvah, like in the first yeah. episode. And he had that one moment that one week where he completely flubbed and like sort yeah. of like. So it was great to see him like gen- you could see genuine improvements in what he was doing. So I felt like that was that was the worst time in terms of like him going home. Like I would have it came down to Mauricio, uh, Harry Jowsey, and Allison Hannigan this week, and they don't they don't say these is definitively the bottom three, but you know we can right. refer. Um, I love Allison Hannigan. I I think I'm I'm I don't want I would have preferred Harry go home when I was percent. But it was like if the between Allison and Mauricio, I kind of would wanted to see Mauricio grow a little bit more. Yeah, and I, I again, I love Allison Hannigan too. I'm a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer um, fan. Yeah. So, like, I have loved Allison Hannigan since the 90s. Um, but they finally started to acknowledge Buffy. Right. I know you were mad about that I, the first I was, episode. We talked about it. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like she's maybe plateaued. Yeah. And she has gotten better. I don't know if there's a lot of more room for her to grow, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with. She's gotten to the halfway point. That's a huge. But the problem is, is that Harry Jousey had one good week. Every other week has been trash. Yeah. And it's like, send his ass home. Stop making him get out there and make an absolute fool of himself. Wasn't there, like, wasn't there a point with Dancing with the Stars where they had certain weeks where at least the ju- they narrowed it down to a bottom two and then it was the judges' vote on who goes home? Well, I feel like the, they need to bring that back, even though I've been annoyed with the judges sometimes this season. What they have done is they used to have a judges' save. Yeah. And they don't have that this season. Um... It's kind of, I think it kind of worked like the judges say, or like the, on uh, Project uh, Runway, Project Runway, um, that sort of thing. Yeah. Where, no, this is a voting issue. This is not a you deserve to go home issue. You're not going home this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but it had, I think it had to be unanimous amongst the judges. And yeah, but it was a, it was a whole thing. Right. Um, but they don't have that this year. So there was nothing. Well, and the thing is, is that it's not like Mauricio wasn't at the bottom of the pack. He was. Right, sure. It, it's not like this was Ariana or Jason Mraz at the bottom and they went home because of fuckery on the voting. That's the point where I'm going to start to riot if that ends up getting, if it ends up reaching that point. Because like that, like I, I can give them two more weeks. I can give them if. No, I'm not, I don't want to put this out into the world. Harry needs to go home next week. Sorry. Yes. So I, I, you know, but like Allison, like we mentioned, is kind of plateaued to a certain extent. I can maybe also see Barry Williams. Right. But, but I also love Barry Williams, and I actually yeah. think he's been really underscored this season, and I think he's like, yeah. like actually way better than I thought he was going to be. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, once they get past that in terms of like that stuff, like Harry needs to go. 1000%. And it's like, but it's like, like we said, like, this is a common issue on Dancing with the Stars. Like, I remember, at least in the news, like, even though I didn't watch that season, like, I remember it recently happening, like, when Sean Spicer went on and then all the Trump people were voting for him and, he, yep. like, good people were going home because, like, yeah. It's, and it's happened for, you know, lo- years and years and years. Well, on and the it's show. also like the, the basic, it's, it's kind of weird 
that Dancing with the Stars is kind of an older generation show, and so it tends to have more of a right-leading audience. Sure. So the Sean Spicer thing doesn't surprise me. It's these. It's the little teeny boppers voting for Harry. That surprises y'all me. Why at, are y'all you, up at nine p.m. watching ABC? Go to bed. Like, Don't y'all have to be like the sun is down. Go to sleep. Go to go get your little um, Wellington bear out of the closet and go sleep because the sun is down. Yeah, it's, and it's it's past seven. And it's odd. Like I mean, we were doing uh, well enough to a certain point. You reminded me on the car right up here that Jamie Lynn Spears was on this season, and I had totally forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, like that was just a distant memory. <laughs> like, yeah, I think she got to second week. Yeah, right? and yeah. They're like now you're good. Like, which I think is fair. Like, you know, yeah. Good, good on you, but like every, the rest of the voting public needs to shape up a little bit. We'll also get to it. I know it's a different voting public, but with um, Big Brother UK, yeah, it's like I, I'm I'm at a point where it's like I don't know if I can trust the public. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I can trust y'all because they keep saving people that ought not to be saved. We've learned from political elections past we can't trust y'all. I don't know if I can trust you in the like middle school shit. So there you go. Apparently. So uh, who do you think who are your favorites to win at this point? Um, so I mean Ariana. Right. And not just from like a biased standpoint of like us loving her from Vanderpump Rules. I actually think she has been amazing this season. Genuinely one of the best dancers. I think out she there. has the the potential to be the first Bravo person to win the Mirabal trophy. Like, right. I, I mean, Carrie Ann said it this week that she has the potential to win. Right. So it's like, that's big. I think she, she gets the movement so well. I think her facial work is like bar none. No one's beating her in that department. Oh season. yeah. No. Like she has really known, she knows how to mug a camera. She knows how to get into character. She knows how to like do the rise and fall of those things. And like that, I really, really love seeing her do. Uh, like the just the moment of like the like they had the whatever the your favorite your your most important year week yeah. where they had it's like a, based off of a story from them and it was about obviously the stuff this year with Scandal and like all the stuff that had and that like stare at the end of the dance that she does right into the camera as she walks off like is it's like so good it's so it was chilling I had goosebumps on that dance um, I would say her um, Sochi yeah. I think is. Consistently doing well, even though I was, I mean, I was worried this week because of that potential injury that might have happened. Which yeah, but then she ended up winning the the dance-a-thon at the end, so it was like, oh, girl, yeah, she definitely switched to flats for that. Yeah, she did. But I'm one. I'm hoping she'll stay in because she is very talented, and I think like much like she and Ariana are kind of the biggest. I would say the two like competitors nipping at each other's heels i mean they were the final two in that dance-a-thon where it was like yeah. when they got to that i was like oh this is the rivalry kind of not to pit yeah. them against each other yeah but like those are the two that i think are going to be jockeying for that top spot yeah um jason Mraz is great i think it's been interesting to see him this week kind of like do something a little bit out of his comfort zone like yeah he- i could we talk about the camera stare down <laughs> on halloween week it was it was beautiful. I don't think I have ever seen someone so committed to character work yeah. as Jason Mraz in those interview segments right before the scores are revealed. It was like you it was a masterclass. It was beautiful. 
really, really top notch stuff. And and you were saying like that with and also the makeup work they mentioned in the thing with like how like it just looked itchy and like yeah. really like irritated. Well, and he was like, I love how everyone else got to be pretty, and this is what I ended up with. Yeah, thanks everyone. <laughs> and and if I'm picking a fourth, uh, it would be charity. It, it, to she, me, it's she, either charity or Lele Pons. Yeah, I think Lele Lele's improving a little bit. I think they're wanting a little bit more from Lele. I I've agreed with their critiques on her in yes. certain regards, where like things get a little sloppy in moments or not as refined. Um, I I think Charity had the best dance of the season so far. That that contemporary one where she does the big trust fall in the beginning. Oh off yes, that, off of that scaffold. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> you couldn't pay me. Money. Oh, absolutely not. Like to like I've known you for how many weeks and I'm just gonna yeah. Um that was the best dance of the season so far. Like, yeah. I am shocked no one's gotten a perfect score yet. I we were talking about like how it it gets annoying. I get you have to pace it throughout the season. Yeah. But it was like that was such a perfect score. And then I yeah. think Ariana's this week also had a potential to be perfect score worthy, and it was just like well, what what irritates me is when you have comments like, you could win this show, yeah. and then you give her a nine, Carrie Ann. Carrie Ann is on something this season. I mean, she, for, from what I know from people who watch extensively, like Carrie Ann. Can Carrie Ann's always been on something. <laughs> oh, can we talk about the week? What I forgot what week it was where they were judging, uh, they were giving the critiques to Layla A. Um, and then she like does her segment and she, she interrupts into Derek's time and goes, Oh, and there was a lift by the way, there was a, cause she hates lifts in like, well, unless- it's not about that. She hates lifts. It's that lifts, for certain dances, right? Certain like in ballroom dances, cause there's like different categories, right? Um, in the Latin dances, lifts are allowed in the, um, more contemporary dances, lifts are allowed. But in the more classic ballroom dances, you cannot do lifts. Those are, like, in, like, the structured dancing competitions, a lift will get you disqualified. Right. So that's what she's talking about. Um, For anybody who's not aware of that sort of arena. Um, But, yeah, that, so she's, like, being strict, but she's being less strict than it would be in real life. So, like. She's she's trying to give the spirit of this is still a ballroom dancing competition and right. we like need to stick to the rules and stick to the spirit of the dance. And if you're not doing that, then are you giving me a Venetian waltz? And yes, I and, and I agree with that on that merit. But it was so she was critiquing the lift, but like was like eating into Derek's like critique time, and you could see Derek getting pissed and like flabber like flustered in terms of like uh-huh. the clock was running out, or whatever. And he want I can guarantee you when they cut that camera, he read fucking Carrie Ann down. Oh yeah, for that shit, he was pissed at her the rest of that fucking night. Uh huh. And like he fumbled the also he fumbled whatever the score was. He said it was like a seven, but held up like the six paddle. And I guarantee you, it's because he didn't. He was spent too much time like reading her the fucking right. Yeah. Uh, Derek. Yeah, Derek is not to be uh to to be messed with. Um, speaking though of like the community and stuff like that, this is actually that's actually a good time to bring this up. Um, the, the Len Goodman tribute that they did on the, yes. that was like, Ugh. that was really stunning. Like in so many regards, both from a like production standpoint, like 
like like in terms of the actual dance and how it like flowed and sort of everything it was really beautiful it was great seeing like even like in the package leading up where they sort of talk about len you forget that it's really a community of people like within this the ballroom ballroom dancing community is tiny yeah it is itsy bitsy so like everyone has been judged by Lynn Goodman. Everyone knows that man. So it's, it's really a, um, it is a worldwide loss. Yeah. Um, and then when Bruno broke down at the, Oh, oh I was done. God. I was done. Like, like I'm almost like, like almost in tears right now, just remembering him breaking down yeah because they had the spotlight on len's chair and it's just it was uh it was so sad like and you you, it's one of those things where it's like you can't like i can't it's like you can't imagine bruno crying like like that yeah like he's such that character and that sort so to see that was like you don't really have those moments where you see a larger than life character like that break down in that way yeah um yeah, so it was it was a lot, but it was a really really beautiful job, um, and it was you know they made sure to bring most everyone back. You were telling me there was that one of them because uh, there was like that controversy. Yeah, the- there's been I, I'm not sure about all the de- the details of like the scandal with um, uh, Karina Katrina. I don't remember what her name is, but it's something with a K. She used to be one of the like dancers that would win almost every year right like she was top notch um and she wasn't invited back she was like the only one not invited back um and i i was like you know that's just that's not okay yeah it's one of those weird things where it's like well when you're like have a network i'm sure i bet it was a network decision probably more than anything i don't give a shit when someone dies yeah you put shit aside and you you bring the family together yeah period end of story i think think if it was more of that sort of like if it was just that close community like we mentioned before that was running things and stuff like that that when you get executives involved and stuff like that they're looking at like you know It it sucks that they do that. It's really just sort of like, I mean, there's so many wrong, things I wrong feel with executives like, in America. But I feel like if I were the other pros that were being asked back, I would have not gone. Yeah. Because that's not okay to leave her out of that. Because she was on the show for a long time. And to, you know, just ignore her contributions to the legacy of the show... It's just, it's mean spirited to me. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to, like, unless to be it, that nasty. Yeah, unless it's for like some like major legal reason. I don't see what, like, yeah, like you know, get over it. Like, <laughs> like, sorry. Basically. Um. So you, I know you asked me already, but like, what do you think? Who do you think is going to be your finals? Yeah, I think I think my finals really because I think the if I remember correctly, the last episode has four. Has the top four. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do two dances each that night. Um, and I'm, I, I, I think that the, one, the five that we talked about are definitely the top five. Mm-hmm. I think unless something wonky happens, um, three of those top five are definitely Ariana, Jason, and Sochi. 
Yeah. Um, sure. And then Charity or Laylee, I think, are really battling it out for that final spot in the finals. Um, I don't know who it's going to be, but those are those are the ones that I look forward to their dance every week. Yeah. And the rest of them, I'm happy to see them. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm not trying to be shady, you know? Like, it's... There's nine... No. There's eight couples left? I think eight right now. I think yeah, because there was nine. There's eight after this week's elimination. Yeah. So, um, you know, those, I think, are the top... Yeah. I think the top of the pack and then the bottom of the pack are, unfortunately, Allison Hannigan and Harry... Uh, and, uh, Barry Williams and who am I missing? Maybe Lele. Well, no, no, that would be the, oh, that would be the three. And then either Lele or Charity, but really they're not the bottom. They're the, they're in the top five. Yeah. But to your point also like, you know, differentiating the people that you want to see versus the ones you kind of like, oh, they're not, I forget how long Dancing with the Stars. It's like, I mean, it's two hour episodes. It's like long, like shit. Well, the thing is, is that back in the day, they didn't have the ability to tabulate all the scores on the same night. It right. used to be a two-night event. Mm-hmm. It used to be all the dancing was on one night, and then the next night they would give you the results in an hour-long episode. And then they started, they switched it in the middle where they didn't do two episodes. They just, they did the the episode, and then throughout the night... They would reveal if that person, like the the revelation of who was in the bottom two, was in order of when they were dancing, and if they were eliminated, they didn't get to dance that week. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's more of a fuck you because <laughs> you spent all week working on that dance and you don't get to do it. Yeah, you know. And then like throughout the night, they would go. Hey, so um, now we can reveal the next person to dance is Allison Hannigan. Yay, you weren't uh, eliminated this week. Go dance. And, and also that pressure where it's like you don't even know. Right. You, you don't know until you're about to dance. It's so fucked up. It's It was so fucked up. I remember there was like five years in a row where they were doing it like that in the middle. Yeah. Back and in then, the days when reality TV did not give a fuck about people. So oh, like, yeah. And then Amer- American Idol used to do the same shit. Oh, Where yeah. you would vote one week and then you'd find out at the top of the next show the next week whether that person was still there and then they got to sing yeah it's like what (laughs) absolutely not crazy so and then you don't even know what order you're dancing in at that point or singing in if it's american idol you know you just okay well i hope i go first i guess i don't have to (laughs) uh, that i couldn't my anxiety could never (laughs) absolutely not uh yes but well like we're saying we'll be keeping a close eye on everything with dancing with the stars we'll probably talk again at the finale point um to give our thoughts on that um i mean uh, biased in my view but i'm definitely team ariana i only because i think she has the best potential like i said of any bravo person to win yeah Like, like in the history of of bravo people being on the show like charity you're lovely but they crowned bachelorettes the winners all the time all the time yeah. all the time <laughs> i i i hope for i hope it's ariana if it can't be ariana i want it to be sochi yeah she would be um, my second because i i just i absolutely fell in love with her 
in um, uh, Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Um, she was phenomenal in that movie. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Marvel movies um, and all of that. So I know you're not. You don't give a shit. But <laughs> I'm like, sure. Like, you could, I could not name the movie she was in. Sorry. <laughs> I have watched all of them multiple <laughs> times. I watched them in order that they were premiered. I also have gone back and watched them in, like chronological order in terms of the universe because they didn't all come out in the order that they actually happened in the universe so i've gone back and watched them both ways i like both orders they're both fun they both reveal different things um anyway i really love her she was great in that movie and i i think her acting is like her and ariana are on par with each other and their ability to emote and their ability to really pull at um the heartstrings when you're watching them dance um i will say that sochi has done a little bit more light-hearted right dancing but she's young she's 17 it's hard you know, to it's, go like it's kind of hard to go fully deep in that pit of despair to pull from and ariana has a lot of material <laughs> yeah that's recent yeah and fresh <laughs> um and i don't know i just i i think it will come down to those two yeah i agree um yeah so that was dancing with the stars we're gonna take a quick commercial break and then when we come back we're talking the newest episode of house of villains don't go anywhere Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And And I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hamaker. While home in Midland, Texas, on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachlowski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, at first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery, concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America. You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at sidekickmediaservices.com Welcome back to A Gain is MB. Let's head on over to the House of Villains where uh, Omarosa sends Jax straight to hell and the Jersey Devil herself throws a masquerade party. (laughs) House of Villains for this week. I love this show. We mentioned in the intro, like, it's it is a campy mess. It is a campy mess. I love that it does. I mean, I think we may have talked about it last week. Like, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's really a, a just a vehicle for like fans of this genre. Like, oh yeah, people who just want to see like 
craziness and just like you well, know. and it's almost a parody of itself. Like you cast Joel McHale yeah, as yeah. the as the host of this show. Joel was such the perfect. We'll get to it. Like was the perfect casting, I think, for this because. He's going to take the piss out of it. Exactly. Like he, it's like, we all know this is a joke, right? Like this yeah. is like, uh, it's so good. And yeah. I, and I also love the breaking up of the, like, where it's like, we don't get an elimination every week. We get like the nominations to end one right. week and then the elimination. Like, I think that it's a good way to also space it out and use these people for as much as possible and sort of like. Well, and it, it keeps it from getting into that, um, that, because it is still technically formulaic. Mm-hmm. But it spreads it out so that it doesn't feel formulaic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we come back as Jax and Corinne are still strapped in their chairs. And, and Joel reads the vote from the – they had some name for, like, the device. It's clearly just an iPad. <laughs> they, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's probably not even an iPad. They probably went like and got one of those $79 like Android tablets from Best Buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um Joel says the vote is unanimous and Bobby goes, "What does that mean?" <laughs> Jesus Christ. But I really like Bobby. Like I didn't we didn't know much of Bobby because we don't watch Love and Hip Hop, but like he's a messy little bitch and he's funny as fuck and like yeah. I I I really enjoy him a lot. Um, yes, but the vote is unanimous. Jax gets eliminated. And I'm, then yeeted through the wall. <laughs> he goes, it was a lot of fun being here, and I really appreciate it. And Omarosa goes, goodbye. And the, the, <laughs> the fact that they gave that power to Omarosa and did not tell her that she had that power. Yeah. Just put the button on her chair, and she just said, hmm, I wonder what this does. Fuck you, Jax. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Fabulous. Yeah, Jax, <laughs> Jax didn't have a long run in the show, and I no. think for a reason. Like, no. Yeah, poor Jax. Um, he and, may be a piece of shit, but he's a himbo piece of shit. He was never going to last on this show. Yeah, well, and, and we talked about it. Like, he didn't know the game. He didn't know. What, no, no. Like, he would have just been a complete bumbling mess. No, yeah. Um, they all leave afterwards, but Corinne is still tied into the chair, and everyone just leaves her. And, <laughs> and then New York comes back and gets her, right? Tiffany's like, Corinne, baby, we won. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Um, Omarosa comforts Corinne and goes, even though I wanted you gone, I'm actually glad that you're staying. <laughs> and Omarosa in her confession was basically like, she's not a threat. So it's like, I can, yeah. You know. It's weird how they like, there were moments throughout the, the episode where like Omarosa and Corinne were like talking with each other and they were like next. And I was like, they really just like, they're like, we tore each other apart. We did our job in the first episode and now we're good. Well, yeah. Like Omarosa did that on purpose. Either she was going to get rid of Corinne, which got her out of her hair. and That was great. Yeah. Or it was going to be, it was going to put her in her place. And that's what ended up happening is right. that Corinne got put in her place and now she'll curl up like a little puppy at Omarosa's feet and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, Omarosa, they're getting ready to eat dinner. She really is the queen. Like, I, I fucking hate how much I love her on this show. Like, she's such an evil bitch, but I, uh, she's so good. This is the show for her. Yeah. Um, uh, Tanisha is, uh, getting friendly with Johnny Bananas and it seems like they're forming a bit of a friendship. Um, but she's like, I'm also going to keep a close eye on him because it's every man for themselves or whatever. Yeah. I really like Tanisha this episode. I found her incredibly funny throughout and really, I hope uh, we get to keep her long. Yeah. I think she's going to be a good, I think she's going to be a really solid game player in the way that I've kind of realized this episode. I don't think Tiffany is going to be, I think, I, know. I think Tiffany is hilarious and I think she's going to be, they need to, they still need to keep her 
for as long as possible, but she's oh, not yeah. winning. <laughs> like if there's no, like a no. She really doesn't understand like how to like maneuver well, in the house. And part of it also is that Tiffany has grown a lot since Flavor of Love. Sure. And she has matured a lot and really become like a much better human being than she used to be. Sure. In um, certain regards. In in certain regards, but like she used to be hella problematic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, but that, she was, the, that like, was the era. Like, sure, but she has been willing to grow from that era, sure. where some people have not. Um, but she, I don't think she's necessarily the villain that she used to be. Oh no, I don't think so at all. Um, she's still an iconic queen. Um, and I hope she stays on to the finale, just because I she's good television. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't think she's necessarily a villain anymore. Speaking of uh, Tiffany, they're getting ready for dinner. Uh, Omarosa says, "Like, is New York, you know, going to eat with us peasants today?" There was a lot of these talk about like kind of, and it seemed like New- Tiffany was like sort of like distancing herself, like sort of detaching herself from the rest of the group because she's with Corinne in the bedroom and she's like, uh-huh. "I'm not feeling good or whatever. I'm going to stay in bed." And so Corinne goes and you know, is like, she's like, "Go have fun." Corinne then goes to Johnny Banana's room and he's playing his guitar. Corinne goes, why are, you, why are you up here by yourself? And Bananas goes, because I'm sick of people. That downstairs is just constant loud fucking shit. And then he says, eagles fly alone, p- pigeons flock together. We just ki- cut to Tiffany in her bed as she's apparently listening to all of this. Like it's loud Not enough. all of it. Every third word, apparently. She goes, Johnny Bananas does not have love for New York because he was upstairs telling someone she's loud. I really don't like her. And like, I love the editing of just like the decipher of like what she thought she heard. <laughs> right. It, I, it literally was every third word because it's like he wasn't, he was specifically saying he's making the same choices as you. To stay away from everyone else. Well, and he also, if, if like, again, if there was, like, a strategy element to what Tiffany was doing, he was actually kind of saying stuff about everyone else in the group. Right. He was kind of saying, like, they're all, they all, they're loud and they're annoying and blah, blah, blah. But he only heard his, she was saying that, she, he was saying that she was annoying. Yeah. So they're all in the living room. And then she finally goes downstairs and she just goes, I just want to say, I heard you say pigeons flock together, eagles fly alone. I don't like New York. <laughs> Um, no. Bobby's like, what happened? And Banana goes, I said to her, she says, like, why are you up here by yourself? I said, I like to be on my own sometimes. And then Tiffany goes, you said New York is loud and stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Where did you even get that? I just cannot. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she really i don't i i need to, i need her to like go in an interview and just be like what happened because like <laughs> um they get the message from eva the voice uh system to tell them to all meet by the bar then tanisha and her confessional i'm thinking i'm going to put my feet up have bananas rub some tiger balm on my back my shoulders and all my necks <laughs> but apparently i done signed up for hell <laughs> She was great. She had, yeah. she had a couple lines here. She's was, a really good narrator. Yeah. Every every reality show needs one. Well, everyone, everything with a with a confessional type system. 
everything like that needs a good narrator, and I really think Tanisha is going to be that for us. Oh, I this, think for this show. Yeah. So Joel uh, greets them after, and this is like a couple hours after the banishment, so they're still fresh from it. Joel's like, "I'm throwing you a party for surviving the banishment," and then the doorbell rings. Joel answers and goes, "Who is it? The pizza's here. Nope, it's Satan." <laughs> <laughs> so they like, that line delivery was just like. And it's this someone, clearly a woman, in a, like, red Satan-y mask and has this voice modulator, which I was like, did they actually have the technology for that? Or did they just, like, fake yeah, it? Yeah, no, they did. Because I had questions on the challenge, like, uh, when we get to it. Um, so they basically have to, like, ask Satan questions to figure out who it is. Um, and I don't even know how they get it to it where, like, Tanisha, like, thinks immediately that it's a real housewife or whatever. And then so it gets... Well, re- I mean, they probably cut out some of the questions. Yeah. <laughs> they probably went on for, like, another hour. Let, let's face it. There's not a lot of people on this cast who are necessarily geniuses. No. No. Don't come for me. I love you all. But... I don't love them all. <laughs> okay. I love some of them. <laughs> some of them I do not know, and we'll get to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she eventually reveals herself, and it's Danielle Staub from Real Housewives of New Jersey. <laughs> like, I love that. Like, bitch. Tiffany's like, I don't know her, but I watch Real Housewives, so, you know, she's clearly a big deal. And Fisa is like, I still have no idea who this is. <laughs> well, ain't nobody know who you are. Shut up. Yeah, exactly. Um, they then, so the, Joel then introduces the challenge, which is uh, called Two-Face. It's their battle royal challenge for the week, where essentially they all will be in mass, fully cloaked with these voice modulators in a party that is mixed in with other random people in the same environment. And they have to f- figure out who is who under the mask, essentially, of their fellow contestants. And whoever gets the most right becomes supervillain of the week um, and gets all the power. Uh, <laughs> I love Bobby. <laughs> like they're they're going into the rooms to get drinks with her, and Bobby's like, "Oh, I'm fucked." <laughs> so it's like because I'm like so obvious. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to mimic. Okay, shoulders in, small. Like you're in, <laughs> like you're all petite. <laughs> <laughs> and and once yeah, once he got to talk, like once he actually got into the challenge and he started talking, it's like it's so obvious. Like him and Tiffany. They have such a cadence to their voice and the way oh, they yeah. talk that it's like so it, it's it's it reads immediately. Um, Almarosa, as they're doing the challenge at one point, says, "You know, it's Bobby if he can't stop talking." <laughs> yeah, it's very clear who Bobby is. Um, they go they they're going about the challenge and all that. Omarosa is basically deciding that she's going to throw this. She's like, "It's not in my best interest to get it two weeks in a row. It's just going to increase my target." Right. Like, Almarosa knows the game, like, in terms of, like, how to play that in that regard. Um, they all uh, go through it all, and then uh, they tabulate all the scores once they've all voted on who they think who is who. And uh, Johnny Bananas gets 8 out of 9. Johnny Bananas wins and becomes a supervillain of the week. And this is where my, um, look, I have a pretty high IQ. I pretty, I'm, like, on the level, almost genius level IQ, not to toot my own horn. but. I couldn't figure out how he got eight out of nine for the life of me. Because eight out of nine, that includes himself, right? Yeah. Well, no. the The thing is, is that there's there's decoys. But he didn't have to pick the decoys, right? He had a no. He had to pick. But there's decoys to pick from. Right, right, right. So I was thinking, well, if there's only nine people, and that's the nine cast members. 
how did he get just one wrong? That doesn't make sense. Mm. You would have to switch two. It's impossible well, to get just one no, wrong. It, no, it is because if you pick, if you but, say that someone that like if you say like Bobby for example is one of the decoys. Right, I was forgetting about the decoys. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you're watching this episode, there are decoys. Don't forget, <laughs> um, because I felt real stupid for like ten minutes. <laughs> I could not figure it out for the life of me. Um, don't do what I did. You're like rigged. This game is rigged. I was like, what the fuck? This is not mathematically possible. But I, I mean, that's a, that's what we talked about in the beginning, though, where it's like my, like, my disbelief is sort of put out the window for this show. And I was mentioning it, like, I didn't know how they pulled off this challenge, actually. I was like, I cannot imagine that there are actual, like, people with, like, voice modulation on this. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they definitely have them. Um, I, it's just, it, it was a weird sort of thing. I feel like you can hear through the voice modulators pretty well. Right. It's but... like, it's like, is the technology that good to where it's like when, you, when especially when you're just, it's, there were too many things that could have gone wrong in a challenge. You know yeah. what I mean? From a production standpoint where I was like, I don't know how they pulled this off. Yeah. It, it was, um, tenuous. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they go back into the house after the challenge and, <laughs> Also, they specifically, I, I love how when they were telling people the extras to leave, they were like, don't take your masks off. Because clearly they didn't want to have to, like, pay them for actually oh, showing their faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's better than we don't have to make you sign like a... Like, you, we'll pay you for showing up, but we're not making you, like, there's a whole thing with the release. We're not crediting you on the show. That's not happening. Well, and when they were going through everyone, they were, like, putting arrows on, like, them of, like, you know, uh, intern, whatever. And one of them was Johnny Fairplay's grandma. I, and I was like, but is it actually? Like, because that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. But, like, people from, like, their show's past or whatever mixed in, I feel like would have been a fun way to also kind of, like, Yeah, that would have been it. funny. If one of them was Jeff Probst. <laughs> 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 oh god pumpkins in there <laughs> and she just walks up to new york and spits on her and walks away <laughs> oh god um so Dan they they get into the house and danielle stop is just like it's like she like was just like a squatter <laughs> yeah she i feel like she like again we were talking with the carol baskin thing i was like is there people that like they wanted on this show but couldn't get some like for like a full-time position yeah, like, that's kind of what it felt like. She's like, I, at one point, Bobby just goes, she just wanted to get more camera time. She hasn't done a show in ages. <laughs> well, I mean, she was just on... She was on, on Jersey that long ago. Yeah, like two seasons? Yeah, I don't think she'll be back. No, no. Because <laughs> that's a... <laughs> no. It's, I, it's a tenuous situation. When you, I, I think this episode was like the right amount that Danielle needed on reality TV right now. Well, I mean, and she'll... I, I assume she'll still be on this next episode because when we finish the episode, she's still getting a tour of the house. Well, basically, at yeah. four in the morning or something. It's like what's what's happening? Shake is giving the tour, and Bobby's like, "Why is he showing her around the house? He took her in my room." Then Tanisha says, "Like she's starting to get pissed uh, at Shake because she's been cleaning up Shake's piss off the toilet." She goes, "I needed Lysol, Pine Sol, Mister Clean, Jesus, God." <laughs> So, yeah, and so the, the, I love that that's now the point of, like, 
Shake might be eliminated just because of how fucking messy he is and gross. Oh, no, wait. They actually do go to the next day. So Danielle's not there anymore. Never sure. mind. I, I mean, I, I figured you were joking. But <laughs> maybe she'd just, like, hide out in, like, a storeroom or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know <laughs> if she got in that car and left, actually. Ah! Just jump out of the cereal box or something. Who knows? <laughs> Tanisha says, showing her around the house at 2 o'clock in the morning. This is House Hunters or HDTV? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we go the next morning, um, Corinne is flirting with Johnny bananas over coffee. Um, <laughs> bananas at one point is like, if it's not you, it's Bobby trying to seduce me. And then we get this like compilation of like cute bananas and Bobby moments that have clearly been happening in the house and stuff like that. And then it ends with this photo of Bobby, like on the beach, ass up, like, like <laughs> full on, like, <laughs> like what is ma'am. happening? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I did not know this was that kind of show. Yeah. Uh, Bananas uh, tells uh, Corinne, your roommate wasn't very nice to me last night. um, And is contemplating putting Tiffany up, obviously, for the blow up that happened. Um, And again, like, Tiffany is, like, still, like, sort of to herself. She's in the bathroom saying that she's having, like, a rough morning and telling Corinne it's okay. And, you know, just, like, again, I, I, I don't know what's happening where Tiffany's not, like, integrating with the group. Yeah, I think maybe she's just tired of the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. Uh, it seems like next week she goes off. So we'll we'll see yeah, how how that gets to be. Um they go to the pool and a bunch of them are working out and and Fisa decides that she's going to attempt to get on Banana's good side and work out with him to like sort of endear herself but that immediately turns off Banana's like when she leaves for a second Banana's turns to Fair, Johnny Fairplay is like can you be any more obvious like about the timing like you know, you're not, that's not how you're going to curry favor with me is to like, you know, in the last minute, just, you know, do some baseless shit to mm-hmm. get on my good side. It's, you know, he doesn't really take well to that. Um, <laughs> Tiffany then, d- so they go all around the table because Bananas also gets to take um, two people on the excursion because he won the super villain of the week um, thing to discuss strategy and, and all that stuff. Tiffany joins them at the table and Bobby goes, well, now you'll be sitting at the table with peasants. Is that all right? And Tiffany goes, Bobby, shut up. <laughs> I already used that line. <laughs> but it's like they keep making the comments of like, oh, you know, we're peasants and Tiffany's. And so it's like, I feel like something's happening that maybe we're not yeah. seeing or like. Yeah. Well, what I mean, she seemed like, you know, the day before seemed like she was not feeling well, maybe. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe that's part of it. Like, she's just kind of been distancing herself because she's not feeling great. Bobby interrupted that beauty sleep that one night. And, I, that must be it. And ever since then, it's gone downhill. Um, Banana says that he's taking Tanisha and Omarosa uh, on the excursion uh, because he trusts Tanisha. Um, but all, and I thought it was smart. He's like, I'm p- p- taking Omarosa to remove her from the house to where, you know, she doesn't have an opportunity as much right. to strategize with people because she's a chaos agent. Right. I think, again, we talked about it in the beginning. I think Bananas and Omarosa and Tanisha to a certain extent, I, I think are going to be the biggest game players and have the biggest potential in terms yeah, of winning. And I think Tanisha's is kind of uh, undercover because I don't think people realize how savvy she actually is. Yeah. Because she, in in confessionals, she seems to be very aware of what's happening around her in a way that I wouldn't have expected someone from a drama-centered show as opposed to a competition-centered show yeah. to she's, be. She's smart. She's, you know, yeah. she's very astute in that regard. 
Um, but before they leave, Tiffany then goes, Johnny Bananas, before you go on your excursion, I want to let you know there is going to be no surprise when you put me in the bottom three. So I don't even give a fuck. <laughs> I cannot. And Bananas goes, thanks for sharing. <laughs> Tiffany is just like burning every fucking bridge she gets. Like she has no favor in this house. I feel like maybe she just, I feel like maybe something's happening and she's like trying because she like she wasn't feeling good mm-hmm. right and she was spending all that time in the bathroom remember when corinne came to check <gasps> on her she's pregnant i mean <laughs> no, maybe kidding. but maybe she just got bubble guts real bad For you that. know when she wants to go home so i feel like maybe because right after that is when she started blowing up at people she was fine before then yeah so i think maybe she's like i don't want to be here i want to go home let me get put in the bottom three let me fail the challenges let me just go home yeah but she's doing it in a way that doesn't look like her quitting <laughs> that it looks like her being the chaos agent we know and love right um that's kind of the inkling that i'm getting we'll see what happens you know this week and next week as we get closer to the elimination um but yeah that's gonna be interesting uh so bananas tanisha and Marissa go on their excursion to this place mountain meadow stables uh and they're gonna do animal therapy which they're like what the fuck but then they just sit at this picnic and then they have all these puppies then just come out to play with and they shot this they shot this like it was a cialis commercial (laughs) Like (laughs) (laughs) like a cialis commercial or like a tampax commercial or like you too can be plummeted or pummeled Pummeled by puppies. Pummeled by puppies. At one point, Bananas has a pug, and he's holding it up like it's the Lion King. <laughs> it's so, it was like a trip. Like again, like the campiness of this fucking show. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, Bananas pops the dumb Perignon and immediately starts sipping off of it. And so he's just like, "Oh come on, I'm a germaphobe." And then Almarosa goes, makes a joke and goes, "Dom kills COVID, RSV." And I'm like, "I know you're joking, but also you work for the Trump administration, so." <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if you really think that yeah um shake as the, as they're on their excursion shake is just cleaning the house he's like he's like at least he which i was like okay cool he was like i'm not going home fuck this i'm gonna do what i need to do yeah i guess um bananas is telling them that you know i'm basically done with tiffany i'm basically done with amphisa and those are gonna be my two banana uh tells uh Omarissa, i don't care for your roommate too much referring to Anfisa and Omarosa goes, if you put her up, I'll pretend to be shocked and dismayed, but you do what you have to do. And I was like, okay, good. And then when we actually get to it, an Emmy worthy performance, <laughs> you could say it's, it's, it's or something like that. <laughs> Bitch was giving it everything. <laughs> it was, uh, uh, and then, so bananas, bananas then pitches this idea of a blind side, and he does it in such a weird. Like, have you ever heard of a blind side? <laughs> but also, a blind side is not possible on this format. I mean, yes and no, in the sense that, like, you can, you can. Uh, I mean, it, you can sell it to a person, like, because it's a small cast. Like, I have to put up somebody, but you're my decoy. Or you could say, I think you're going to do really good in the challenge. That's going to save someone. Right, so, but there's no real way to blindside somebody because the whole point, like the the name blindside, indicates that it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, something like on Survivor where you're 
yeah, sure, your tribe goes to tribal, and but nobody knows that you're getting targeted. Right. Like, by pure, like, fact that people have to be put up for elimination, and they can't be put up after the fact, like, immediately before, like, on Big Brother, it's still possible, like, when someone's put up for nominations because you go no i'm gonna pull you down when we win the veto and all of that sort of stuff like it's not possible here there's no way to really blindside someone because they can always see it coming whether they actually pay attention to that whether they are convinced that that is not actually a bullet coming for them is immaterial they can see it it's there it's coming they are choosing to ignore that yeah it can't be a blindside. A blindside is not possible on this format. Sorry. It's no, you're correct. Um, they arrive back to the house uh, and they tell them about like the dogs and stuff like that that they got to play with. And Bobby gets sad. He's like, I miss my dog. I wanted to go on that trip. <laughs> it's like your dog wasn't gonna be there. It wasn't gonna be one of the dogs, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Shake is showing them how they clean how he cleaned everything. But as he's doing that, bananas is on his bed and he finds a note. That's like tucked behind this pillow. Oh, dear God, this note. And the note basically says, how stupid do you think the house is, Bananas? Everyone's about to turn on you. And so it's now this whole drama of like who wrote the note or whatever. Bobby keeps being like, I mean, that's a really feminine handwriting. Like it's very girly handwriting. And as soon as he kept saying that, I was like, he wrote it. Oh, yeah. It's so clear he wrote it to me because it's like, of course, the gay guy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. um, Bananas shows this to Corinne. Um, and Corinne's like, if, Corinne says at one point, if I'm going to write a note, I'm going to sign it. No, like, not like, not like this. Why would <laughs> you put you, your name to it? Can you imagine this note with just Corinne with a heart over the eye? Yeah. <laughs> like at the bottom, like, no, that's not. Uh, um, Bobby, uh, tells, uh, bananas to Nisha and Omarosa when they're downstairs. Like, I mean, I saw this notepad paper in Corinne's room and they're like, Ooh, <laughs> Tanisha, but then like nobody actually produced that notepad. So yeah. I feel like that's a lie. <laughs> Tanisha goes, Oh my God. And goes to turns to bananas and goes, you in a fatal attraction. You don't even know it. <laughs> what? Tanisha, I wonder if, I wondered if Tanisha was also in on it the way she was like playing that up. Maybe. Um, Corinna, Corinne asked Bananas, like, are you putting me up? And Bananas like, you know, it, I just got a lot to think about. Did you write it and plant it? No, but were you aware it was planted? <laughs> Bananas, you could tell, was enjoying, like, manipulating Corinne a little oh, bit yeah. and spinning her up. She goes, I swear on my fucking dogs. <laughs> I yeah, I feel down. like the way that she reacted was clear that it wasn't her. No, of course. Like, yeah, it's like, what are we doing? Because then she just grabs and storms into the living room. It's like, hello, someone wrote this note. Who wrote it? And just yelling at people. It's like, oh, am I so scary? No one wants to talk to me. I'm so scary. <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of, I, I, I find Corinne funny. Like, I, yeah. I've, I've settled on it. Like, I do think she has, like, I don't think she's going to win. I think she's not, no. like, a, you know, stunning game player by any means. But, like, she she is kind of hilarious how, like, easy she gets wound up. She's, like, a third or fourth out. Yeah. They then go into the stronghold for the nominations. Uh, Banana sits down. Um, Banana says, I've had to come up with three victims on my hit list. There are a couple that are going to be a little more difficult than others. And Tiffany just goes, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) She was so fed up. Bananas nominates Tiffany and she just flips him off on the way to the on the way to her uh, spot or whatever. Joel asks Tiffany if she has any words and Tiffany goes, 
if y'all let me sit, let him send me home, I'm going to run his head through a spaghetti press. Bananas goes, I mean, my grandmother, rest in peace, who was Italian, would actually be happy if that was my demise. And then Tiffany just goes, you a saber tooth hammerhead bastard. <laughs> I don't give a shit what you got to say to me because I'm not leaving here. I'm going to win. Oh, Tiffany. <laughs> saber tooth hammerhead bastard. But he was like, but I see it though. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so good. Um, Banana then nominates Anfisa. And then El- Elmer Rosa gets to do her acting performance of just like, you're going after my roommates? Like, so- like gasp. <laughs> Joel, uh, <laughs> you could tell production doesn't like Anfisa and doesn't think that she's bringing it, which I agree. It's like she's non-existent on this show. Yeah. But they're using Joel as like the vehicle to like to like speak their frustrations, which I have never really seen before on a show like this. No, but it it tracks with it being Joel McHale. Joel goes, and Fisa, is there anything you'd like to mumble in reply that we can barely hear? <laughs> and Fisa then goes, Johnny, do what's best for your game. Joel goes, hmm. And that's the most words I've heard you ever say. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. <laughs> That felt really pointed. <laughs> oh, it was like Joel, like we said, he Joel is the perfect fucking oh, for yes. this show. Yeah. Um Bananas teases basically is like teasing that he's gonna nominate Corinne and, and Corinne just be like, I didn't write the note. I you know, who wrote it? I didn't write the note and and you know, I'm not gonna keep being the butt of this. And bananas goes, Corinne, you can save it because my vote's for Bobby. And Tiffany goes, What the fuck? <laughs> Bobby, what did you do? (laughs) Uh, And then Bobby just saunters on, and that's the big cliffhanger of the episode. He just, like, game on and puts his sunglasses on. Um, So it's Bobby uh, and Fisa and uh, Tiffany going into this elimination. So, like, this is just just a fun, like, it's not a light show. Like, like it's, you know, I wouldn't say light, but it's, like, it's just, like, a... It's a popcorn show. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's really enjoyable to watch. Like, these people are crazy. They're fun. Like, oh, yeah. It's very unpredictable in terms of how things go. So, really, really loving what they're doing so far. I'm, I honestly kind of want to see Tiffany make some remark to Joel McHale about him being so irritating on Drag Race. Oh, yeah, yeah. When I they for- hosted together. I forgot that they hosted that. Too. It was so good. It was, Joel was on some some crazy fucked up shit because he was like next level irritating. <laughs> and Tiffany was not having it. Michelle almost strangled him. It's so good. It was, if you've never seen that, what season was that on? Se- like uh, 11? 11, yeah, yeah. That was Brooklyn season. So, it, Go back and watch that episode. It's fabulous. It's so good. Uh, yeah, so that was House of Villains for this week. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking this past week of Big Brother UK. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. Yeah. 
I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to Again is Zambi. Let's head on over to London where a spooky special eviction leads to a spectacular shouting match on Big Brother UK. That was a, you, you need to do some vocal exercises for that. Peter Yeah, it's Big Brother UK for the week, uh, the week of episodes for Big Brother UK. This is, things have shifted in, oh yeah, especially in the last two days. Oh, yes. So, like, it's been, I mean, for anyone who was like, oh, there's not enough fighting and there's not enough sort of intense drama. They're just sort of arguing over cooking and, like, all that stuff. No, it's it's here. It's got there. <laughs> and I think. The I, pot has finally boiled over. I'm definitely, uh, I mean, I was invested before, but, like, I'm, I'm, it takes, it's easy for me to be invested, like, over stupid shit. But, like, I'm definitely invested now. And I'm, I'm, this upcoming eviction, we'll get to it, is going to be fun to watch because i think there's a lot of people that are not gonna know what hit them i'm a little nervous um we'll talk about it when we get to uh talking about this year or this year's (laughs) this week's evictions um but yeah i'm a little nervous that one of our our people are going home this week but we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes um speaking of eviction though i feel like we should we should start by talking about the first eviction of the week um, which was at the top of the week, which is, I mean, we were hoping for Dylan, but sadly Hallie goes home, which I was so sad about. Like, yeah. I was worried that it was going to be like more. So here's the thing. And, and, and long time, big, you big brother UK fans have been pointing this out online. The vote to evict is the problem. Why yes. they switch back to vote to evict? I don't understand why vote to save works so much better in terms of keeping bigger characters in the house. Right. Like, you have to be invested to vote to save someone instead of just being like, well, I don't like this person, so... Well, the problem is, is that the audience is invested in getting people out. You hear that in the chants, right? Sure. The the chants on eviction nights are get blank out, get blank out, no matter who you fill in that blank in or with. it. That's who people are invested in, is who they want to get rid of. Right. Um. So... That sort of thing. But the problem is, is when you have a, like, when you have a three-way split, 
it's a lot easier when it's one against one, right? right? Because you can vote just whoever you like the best, you vote for the other one. And that's easy enough. But then when there's one person that everyone likes the best, but the the other two people get split the votes, right. then the best the person that everybody likes the best goes home because they didn't because the people that like both of the other two concentrated on that one. Yeah, because I think that was the issue is that I th- I would hope from the dynamic that people li- love Trish. And kind of didn't feel one way or the other really about Dylan for the most part. I mean, some people did. Right. But, like, I think more – Hallie was definitely more of a controversial figure in the house. She had more fights. She had more sort of, like, tougher moments in the house to where you would be more inclined to vote to evict. And, yeah, I I think that's the struggle with it in terms of the structure of how they do that. I was a little worried that we would get – it because it would split the vote between Hallie and Dylan that we would randomly get Trish going home last week. Oh right, I was a little worried about that. Um, thank God that didn't happen. Okay, okay, I mean the way Hallie going home would have not. I mean, if Hallie didn't go home, we wouldn't get what we got by the end of this week to think right. about. So it's like you know when you look at it in that regard. Um, but so, but I actually I, I got to really commend Hallie. I actually think she she handled it really well. Yeah, You know, I loved her in the late and live after show, sort of the way she talked about her dynamic in the house and sort of like what she took from it. I think she has a good head on her shoulders and like she really, um, I, I, I think she is such a complex character to where like I really enjoyed her short time in the house. Yeah. And, and we, I think we talked about it uh, as well. It's like, this is sort of a shorter season. It's only six weeks really of, yeah. uh, of play. So because of that, you don't, I mean, it'd be one thing if Hallie went home on a more longer season to where it's like, oh, that really was a screw up that she, you know, got out that early. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's funny because we talk about it being a short season, but you have to remember Big Brother UK has a, has an episode every day. Right. She went home third with 18 episodes under her belt. Yeah. Like, that's... A lot. It's pretty solid. Like, we got a good view into who she is. And that's one thing that I love about Big Brother, especially UK. You get those episodes every day. You know, you get six episodes a week. You really get to know each of the house guests. And um, it's, it's it's really fun to watch. I know on the U.S. Big Brother, you get, what, three episodes a week? Yeah. And it's a lot more truncated than what you get on UK. Well, and it's all, because it's so much about gameplay. Yeah. It's, all, it's, it's like a Survivor where it's all about gameplay. And sometimes you can lose the moments with certain people if you're not watching. At least with Big Brother US, like you have the benefit of the live feeds. But, you right. know. Well, you also, I think there's also live feeds for UK. There is. No, no, no. Well, I mean, in comparison to like Survivor. Right. Like Survivor, if it's so much gameplay where you don't get people's personal interactions, then that can be annoying. Yeah. So like this, I, I, I much prefer, you know. Um, and then, so there was also, I want to also bring up with Hallie's eviction. There was also some discussion, like after the, like immediately post eviction, like Olivia was kind of talking about like the idea of like, I hope it's not the fact that Hallie's transgender or that somebody right. would like, you know, you, especially with like, the, and she, I think she brought up like, especially with like the vote to evict thing, like you would actively vote for somebody if you were right. some, like inclined. And it, I was so annoyed that like it got, and it was like, I, it was like a light conversation with, I think like Nucky or something. And then it like turned into like, well, Olivia's, I think it was Jenkin. Of course, Jenkin was fucking like stirring the pot on it. 
Jenkin, I started out loving Jenkin, and he irritates the fuck out of me now. Taking it to the yard, and he's like, well, Olivia's saying that, you know, you know, I think Hallie might have been, you know, gone because she's transgender. And, of course, Paul's like, she's making it too serious. It's too serious. Fucking Paul. It's like, shut up. Like, and also, it wasn't that she was saying she got, I, and, and, well, I, I don't, you know, maybe Olivia was saying this. But I feel like it was, the, the argument is not Hallie went home because she's transgender. I'm sure more than not, it was about sort of the, her dynamic in the house, the way she was interacting with people, the tantrums, et cetera, all right. that stuff. But Olivia's point is there are definitely some people in society who would just vote to evict her because she's trans. Right. Well, and you also have to remember that the climate right now is really dangerous for trans people. I mean, they had their, I mean, right, right before they went into their house, not to get political, but it's, it's, it shouldn't be political. Um, right before they got into the house, the prime minister gave that speech where he was based, which had a lot of transphobic dialogue in it in terms of like, you know, so it's like, yeah, it's, you can't act as though there's not, the, this stuff doesn't happen in a vacuum. Yeah. You know, like, Yes, it's a social experiment, but in order for it to be a social experiment, you have to include the social pl- the social climate. And the social climate right now is not entirely accepting of queer people. Yeah. So th- now let's get to I think the we talked about it the bigger the biggest dynamic right now, which is the love triangle between Henry and Jordan and Maddie. Um, stuff continues to play. It's it's one of those things where it's like it's. It's become not not stagnant. Stagnant's not the word, but like there hasn't been a lot of movement, I would say, in terms of things. I think part of it is that a lot of them, I, I would say mostly Jordan, I would say Maddie and Henry to a certain extent as well, though, aren't speaking their mind to each other. Like there, there is kind of like they they aren't saying it. They aren't saying it with their full chest and what they actually well, mean. Well, part of that though is because Jordan is the is the center spoke, right? Right. Because this triangle doesn't have a third leg. It has two legs, three points. Yeah, I don't think Henry's in the Maddie or vice versa. No. Um. And Jordan is the apex of it. And Jordan doesn't want to talk about anything. Never. And does. He shuts down every conversation. So that has been the big point of contention for the last three weeks of we can't get any true information and god save trish because she went in there and was like i'm gonna sherlock holmes this shit basically this especially this last episode like she's literally like i'm gonna sit each of them down i mean not even sherlock holmes she went in and uh what um like diane sawyered it is yeah, yeah, really yeah. what she did she sat down and said okay we're doing the oprah interview now and we're getting every how many more people can i name um but she literally just went in there and pulled information out of, at least out of Jordan and Henry. And um, I think Maddie, towards the end of the episode, we really got a full, clear picture of Maddie, um, of Maddie's feelings and intentions. I think we really should still get to sit down with Trish. Have him on the show, Trish. <laughs> um, but... Yes, we need to sit down with Maddie and Trish to really get the full picture of what's going on in his head. Yeah. Um, but from what I can gather, okay, Henry is fully head over heels in love with Jordan. It's so obvious. I mean, so he- obvious to him and to everyone else in the house, and he's finally admitting it to Big Brother and to Trish. 
that that's how he feels. When we won't get to, we'll get to it with the the mission, but when they had the party or whatever that Jordan was at, and Henry wasn't involved in it because he didn't win the task. Like and him just like missing him like throughout that period, and like so it was like, oh yeah, I can't believe I feel bad for this fucking Tory. I swear to God. Well, and but the like, thing is, is it wasn't even just that he was he was missing him. It was that. It was that Jordan and Maddie were both in there. If Maddie had been out yeah. and Jordan had been in there, it would not have been that big of a thing. There, there's a ton. There's even more scenes this week of, like, you know, Jordan and Maddie talking and just shots of Henry just, like, you know, clearly paying close attention. Well, and, and then like, Jordan also acknowledges that when Maddie is in the room, he pretty much ignores Henry in favor of Maddie. Yeah. People, I saw a lot of comments online where I think people kind of are shifting negatively on Jordan a little bit. I don't think enough to where it was like to evict him, but like, I think like people are kind of, kind of starting to get put off that Jordan inadvertently or not is playing both of them in certain ways. Yeah. And, and I, 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 th- I think it's inadvertent. I don't think he's willing to I, – I think he's so adverse to sort of saying what is on his mind and his feelings. He kind of talks a little bit to Henry at the table that one episode about, like, sort of Maddie's flirting and, like, uh-huh. why he's, like, struggling with it. And yeah. like, Well, and let, let's stop dancing around the thing, right? We know Henry is fully in love with Jordan. You're right. Jordan is not admitting to himself fully how he feels about Maddie, though he is kind of starting to get there. Yeah. But – He does have feelings for Maddie. But the problem is, is that he is so dead set about there being anything between him and Maddie that he won't let Maddie, won't let there be anything there. Plus, I don't think Maddie necessarily wants anything at this point. I used to think maybe he did. But I think it's just that everything that comes out of his mouth is smooth as cream cheese. I think he wants the, I think he at the bare minimum wants the friendship. And I think, oh, well, yes. I think if he wanted Jordan beyond that, he's realized now that he's not going to get that. And he just doesn't want to push Jordan away. Like, cause he's kind of being like, a lot of the conversations, like, where can we get to a middle ground? Where it's like, well, what I got from that conversation, because when they were sitting on the bed and actually right. talking about things, what I got from that conversation was Maddie was saying, I don't want anything from this other than friendship. Yeah. And I, you clearly want more than just that. But I don't want to us being friends to cause you pain. So if that means that I need to take a step back and us not be friends in the house, then that's what I'll do because I'd rather us not be friends than us be friends and that be hurtful yeah. for you. And so I feel like Maddie has, is the only one that's actually communicating. Maddie's like, look, I'm not interested. I want to be friends with you, but if that's going to be an issue for you and it's going to cause you to lash out at me, then that's a problem. And and speaking of communication, I think the only way that it's really going to fix at the end of the day is if Henry communicates to Jordan. I think that's the bigger... Like, Jordan is willing... It's so interesting that Jordan's willing to communicate his feelings to Maddie, but about Maddie to Henry, but Henry... To me, I think that's the, the leaping point, which is that Henry needs to communicate what he's saying to Trish and in the diary room to Jordan. And I think that is... I I don't know how that looks because, again... Well, the thing is, though, is I think Jordan knows this. I think Jordan is ignoring it because he doesn't want there to be the same tension there is between him and Maddie 
with him and Henry. Maybe. And but he also strings Henry along because he knows that Henry's not going anywhere. Yeah. But they I mean they still make the jokes about being husbands and like sort of that's that's where it gets murky where it's like I don't know what Jordan's intention right. is. Well, but that's what I mean. By making it a joke, he makes it unserious. And therefore there's no stakes. Right. Yeah. So, and that's what I mean by, so instead of actually taking any of Henry's advances as actual advances, he says, oh, you're playing. Mm -hmm. And so that's not real. That's not something I have to actually think about. You're just a friend and we just kiss sometimes. Right. And so he's really like minimizing Henry's feelings and then also, like, putting up this barbed wire fence between him and Maddie that he sometimes likes to tear down when it's convenient for him. He's being manipulative to both of them. And right. really, he's the villain in this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's it's kind of, like like you said, I feel like I have gotten to the place where I'm frustrated more with Jordan here. Because it's like you're you're not being fair to either of them. Yeah. And I get controlling your emotions and I get like, you know, doing what you feel safe in. But when that starts again, affecting other people's emotions, that's where you right. have to, you know, look into it. Um, there's a, another section that I just, I feel like was a big like point of the week is that the, I just wrote the younger housemates being annoying. And, and I mean, it's a younger cast, but when I say younger, I'm kind of meaning Olivia, Paul, Jenkins, Tom. Like I feel that group yeah. has really started to, and I mean, Jenkins kind of on the edge of it along with... Um, I mean, when Jenkins actually, like, interacts outside of the garden and, you know, beyond right. just, like, talking shit with Tom about people in the house. Well, and it's... Um, Jenkins and Chanel are both kind of on the edge of that group. Yeah. Um, Chanel now apparently has been iced out. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that X thing was. I was so annoyed with that. I was like, what are you in? Are you in sixth grade right now? I saw a comment. Or, not, sorry, it's Britain. Grade six. Yeah. <laughs> not not to spoil, I won't say the name, but not to spoil who goes home in the surprise eviction. But that person that goes home, I saw some people tweeting that now that that person is gone, it feels as if that group has lost the figure in their in their group that would kind of get them on track and would sort of be like pull them off the edge of their ridiculousness and sort of more annoying qualities. Well, I mean, and they're, now that they're out, they're kind of free to do whatever. I mean, there there's a little bit of that. When well, I mean, we're going to talk about it. We might as well go ahead and talk about it, right? Yeah. So the so leading up to that, we'll we'll lead up to it. So, um, uh. Big Brother calls for someone to come to the diary room, and Naki goes. Oh, we want to talk about that now. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. it kind of leads into that, and it's all part of the whole conversation. So, Noki goes to the diary room and gets given a special secret assignment. She becomes a possessed house guest. Because uh, this is the Halloween In section. the Halloween, uh, you know, week. Um, so she becomes a possessed house guest. She has to recruit one of her fellow housemates, um, to go, um, open a secret, uh, room in the big bathroom, uh, in the middle of the night without getting caught. And then they make, uh, nominations for a special eviction. Right. Um, she doesn't know that beforehand. She just knows, get somebody middle of the night, don't get caught. Um, so she picks Trish. 
Um, they manage to get out of the bedroom in the middle of the night. Um, Jordan notices them leaving, but doesn't say anything. Yeah. Um, and they go and, uh, have to stand at opposite ends of the bathroom in the mirror, like chanting the word Halloween until like a secret door opens. They crawl through, um, and are in like this spooky, like gothic kind of Halloween-y decorated room right? Um, where they have to pick three house guests to go up for eviction. Yeah. So they end up, what they end up deciding to do is that they decide, okay, Trish, you pick your one. Nucky, I'll pick my one. And then we'll just g- jointly pick someone. Right. I think they also should have said, we also should put one person to the side that we are saving. That we are saying, you can't put this person up. Yeah, I mean, that would have helped with what ends up turning out. Yes. But, cause I, tri- think, I think if I were in the situation, I would have done it. But it was also, number one, it was the middle of the night. Yeah. And they also were limited on time because they needed to get back in the room before someone notices they are gone. Right. Trish ends up picking Olivia. Um, Nucky ends up picking Dylan. And they both decide to go on with Carrie. Right. Um. Uh, spoiler alert, they do, they go throughout the week, the day of like sort of their biggest fear moments or like having a face of biggest fears. It gets down to where down to Dylan, Olivia and Carrie, and then they get basically surprised that one of you will be evicted. And then immediately Carrie is sent home. Yeah. So Carrie goes home. I, so I, we'll Carrie to- is that mother figure, right? For the younger people of the group. And I guess that. Like the the whole, whole omen that Farida spoke over her, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you trying to relate to the younger housemates is going to get you in the end, sort of thing. Um, you know, kind of ends up being true, but like that's not what Farida was saying. But my po- but my point being like now that they don't, because at, at least Carrie would be like, Hallie, stop it, Olivia, stop it, like you're being like right. like do that sort of like motherly sort of thing. Now with her gone, I think they're going to really run rampant, and yeah. I think like that's they already were. There was the mo- like like Paul. There was that moment where Paul and Olivia were being way too fucking loud in the bedroom, where I was literally getting uncomfortable. That like Dylan and Carrie and I forgot who else was like very clearly trying to sleep yeah and it was just like what are you guys doing like just fuck off like like genuinely like i don't like and then so there's and also there's all this dynamic still with the food and stuff like that with because they were running low once they were getting to like the budget uh, or the um the shopping budget task and stuff like that and like there people were annoyed because they took like lettuce at one point and decided to just like throw it on carrie in the bed yeah it's like i didn't mm -hmm. Here's the thing. I would have been irritated by that, too, but I don't understand why it was that big of a deal. Like, you're being silly. Sure. Who gives a shit? And nobody's just going to sit and eat lettuce. That's not happening. So, it's not like they were being that wasteful, but... It was also, a, it was just, it's irritating. Fuck it's, you. What are you doing? And it's a compounding of things. Yeah. And Tom was also involved in that. And I agree with people who are like, I'm hoping that Paul goes home this week because I, I think Paul is bringing out the worst in Tom. Oh, I think Tom is just a um, little sniveling brat. But I think he, I, I, I think he's just a follower. I think he's too young and he doesn't have his own voice. And he like latches on to the most like popular fucking dude and finds it. Sure, but I also think that once Paul is gone, 
I think he'll see see it as his time to step into that role, and he'll become an even bigger douchebag. Sure. Possible. I mean, Jenkin and him are also kind of doing the same thing in that regard. Um, there was also that moment where Olivia got mad at Yinrun. Well, she didn't get mad at Yinrun, but, like, she took it out on Yinrun, which was frustrating. Yeah. About, like, the washing of the dishes and stuff like that. But, but like, I get what... Olivia was saying, but like, don't yell at Yinrun. And then, as soon as Olivia raised her voice to Yinrun, the way that Henry gets up from the table and immediately is like, that's not happening. Like, yeah. I was like, good on you, Henry. Like, yeah. fucking, like you're not going to fuck with Yinrun. Um, yeah. And it's like, I get that she's doing it in a way where she's like, I want Yinrun to speak for herself and sort of like stand and not, you know, be a doormat and stuff like that. But it's like, there's a better way to do it. But she was also like frustrated that. Okay, you shouldn't have to be doing all the washing all the time, but also, like, why are you washing dishes when there's still clean dishes? In the, number one, why are there clean dishes in the sink? There's that. So, like, uh, that was the, the root of this for me. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 like, stand up for yourself, yada, yada. Why are you putting the clean dishes back in the sink? Merlin's big in dish like, culture. <laughs> look. The clean dishes either go on the counter on a towel in order for them to dry, or they need to get hand-dried and put away immediately. You're not putting them back in the sink. Yeah. In what world do you put them back in the sink? That doesn't make any sense. Now that However, I... if there is a... Sorry, there, i got to get this out. If there is a sink full of clean dishes why are you then trying to wash dishes on top of those then you're making all those other dishes dirty again and you need to rewash them well i was gonna say but that's like, why you don't put them in the sink like you say that you would be good on this version of big brother and like you could do it but like knowing how you hate sitting water in in on dishes like like it is for, for fun fact merlin literally had to put a sign up on our kitchen that basically is like do not leave sitting water in the fucking dishes, which I don't do intentionally. Like, I'm not like... Okay, so anyone else that has sensory <laughs> issues, touch, reaching into a, into a sink and touching a dirty dish that is wet and you getting wet food on your hands is akin to bathing in a vat of barf <laughs> for me. It is like um, nails on a chalkboard. It's like um, someone shoving a knife into your ear hole. It's painful and awful. But it's not even like... And like... Uh, like it's not even like dishes with a bunch of stuff on it, though, that haven't been like fully nope, wiped, though. doesn't matter because my... You know the, what could be in there. My The thing is, is it's my fingers can't tell the difference between wet dish that is clean and wet dish that is covered in slime. Yeah. So all I feel is, and then I just, <laughs> and then like, and I don't even, and then I'm like, I don't, I just, I can't use this hand anymore. I had a perfectly good hand that I now have to chop off. Yeah. And I like, what am I going to do? Go to hands R us and get a new one. That doesn't work. That's not how this works. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, um, it's, it's, it's definitely a thing. And then there was also like the last, sorry, to, hashtag tism watch <laughs> to this group as well. There was also like the last episode where they finally got the stuff from their luxury shopping budget that they won. And then Tom and Paul fucking taking all the fucking 
cookies and just putting them under their bed or whatever. It's like fucking children. I'm so sick of them. Well, and, and, the, and then was, Jenkin policing Yinrun over whether the digestive biscuits or whatever that. That's she, not what I think was. I know. He, that's not what he was doing. I'm, I'm just mad at Jenkin. <laughs> well, yes, but he was just going. Oh, were these the community ones or were these yours? Because I'd like to have one, but, but it, if these are yours, then I'll just go get something else out of the the pantry. It just was the contrast with him doing that when fucking Tom and Paul have like a yeah. like are filling their fucking jackets with like, and it's like so obvious. It was like fuck yeah. off. Like, well, and what's frustrating is that what they did, which I think was smart, they took out of the luxury bucket everyone or uh, budget everyone had five pounds to kind of get whatever snacks they, they stole wanted. carrie's idea because that's what carrie suggested like last week or whatever right they um wanted they did that so that everyone could have their own kind of snacks for themselves get kind of their their things that they want right, right. um and so i thought that was smart and like you just get to go get your things that you want and there's community stuff sure but like you get to like if you're really craving like you know those gummy worms or something you can get a bag of those and that's fine yeah um i think that that sort of thing is really smart in a house like this um but what was happening was everyone was getting their individual things and then um paul and Tom both got out of the community stuff like another like big load of stuff and like hid it away for themselves as well. And it's like, fuck y'all. Those yeah. are the skinniest motherfuckers in this goddamn house. <laughs> y'all don't need more than three calories a week. You're fine. They're really the worst. I, I, I Well, no, no, they're not the worst. There's one more. We'll get to it. Um, I want to also go through some of the other missions that have happened uh, this week, like the smaller stuff. They did the the Big Brothers Big Catwalk, uh, which I thought was a fun challenge. Oh, like, yes. I loved that. Basically, they had to, like, memorize, like, the path on, like, this catwalk or they were going to get shot with, like, paint and, like... <laughs> Poor Carrie. Oh, Carrie took the worst <laughs> of it. Because Carrie was stuck at the end of, the right in the middle of the end of the catwalk um, or at the front of the catwalk. So every time that anyone else got hit with the with the slime, she got hit with it too. Yeah. Because there was nowhere for her to go. Like she's just sitting there in her scooter getting drenched. And then led to that minor disagreement where Dylan and, and it was like Dylan getting into the shower first or whatever while Carrie was. Cause right. Because they, they have like a specific disability shower for right. like – Because Dylan – you know, with his, you know, being an amputee and like Carrie needing accessibility and stuff like that. So it's like, and, and Carrie was like really upset about that. Dylan was like playing it that like, cause this was before Hallie went home. Right. And he was basically being like, I think it was her trying to make me look like a villain. Um, so that they would maybe vote me out and save Hallie. Cause she, no, it's cause she was drenched and you had like a little bit of slime on you. And she also has more mobility issues than you and can't hold herself up. If she slips on the slime that you leave in the shower. Yeah. So like let her clean off and then you can clean off after her or you can also use the regular shower and you're fine. Yeah. But this also led to the trend that where it's like the biggest fucking game players and the ones that talk so much shit about other people and are like in, like I said, in the garden whispering about, well, I think this person's playing the cameras and I think, I think Nucky is, you know, you know, trying to be two faced and, you know, it's a backstabber or whatever. They're the biggest game players and they pin game playing on people who I, I don't believe they're doing. I don't believe Nucky's a game player. I really didn't even believe Carrie was that much. So 
this this leads to something that I'm very confused about. Um, do the do the housemates on Big Brother UK not realize that this is in fact a game <laughs> and that they are all playing said game? Like I get that it's supposed to be I get that it's more of a social experiment than the US version, right? right. The US version is very face or very focused on comps. I understand. But they it's still a game. But also, like someone still wins at the end and they win money. Like there's a cash prize. So like I I don't know about you, but if I'm going into that house, I'm going to play the fucking game. But it's such a but the thing is it's such a reverse self-fulfilling prophecy where you're all talking like you're you're whispering like, "Oh, I think that person's playing to a camera and I think that you talking about gameplay is not going to help you win the game. Like, with, right. like you're all like discussing like who's the biggest game player. Meanwhile, fucking Yin Run is going to run away with this fucking win just for being adorable and like sort right. of like being herself in the house. Also, like by you sitting there and shit talking people behind each other's backs, you're playing the game. Yeah, it's but the, and like Jenkins, the worst offender of it. Oh yeah, it's like. Spend a little more time, and maybe you do, and it gets cut or whatever because it's the truncated episodes. But like, maybe it's more on the live feeds, and I think there's moments. But it's like, spend like half the time you do like strategizing with Tom and Chanel in the garden on just interacting with people and like showing yourself as a person. Well, I mean, in his entrance package, Jenkins did say, "I like a bit of hot goss." Yeah, that's true, but like. I mean, maybe that is who he is. I don't know. But it's like, if it's for strategy purposes, it's not No, good. I think he's just a gossip queen. Yeah. Which is fine, but, like, don't be so bitchy about it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to be gossipy, be more fabulous. Right. You know? Like, you can't be as mean and angry about Like, because he seems so upset about it. Yeah. Like, I think if you were just, like... If you were gossiping more about the whole love triangle thing... I'd be fine with that. that if you were gossiping about drama, yes, please. Thank you. Narrate this house. Fabulous. But you're not doing that. Yeah. You're you're not you're just bitching about people supposedly playing the game, which and is all, what you're supposed to and do. And attributing like either narcissistic or like cunning or, you know, devious characteristics. I'm not trying to make it this, but like to the two black women in the house who yeah. I really don't think are any of the things that you're describing. Also, let's talk about the villainization of the two black women in the house. Let's, let's get to it. Cause well, before we do, cause I think that one thing that plays into it, another mission was the kiss cam. Oh, um, Oh, right. I forgot about that. It, which I, I love that child. It was no one kisses. It really is a testament to like, Kissing really isn't that attractive when you, like, <laughs> just do it against, the, like, a clear wall. It's not. It's not pretty. But one of the things that plays into it, I feel, so they all then, like, they all do it and everyone's laughing. Except Jordan. Except Jordan, because, of course, Jordan's not going to do it. Um, and then they all have to vote on who was the, who was the best kisser, quote-unquote. Also, is it just me or should he have had a punishment for that? I don't think he should. I mean. Refusing to participate in a challenge, in a task? You could say, usually you would get a punishment for that. You could say that, but it was I, I guess if it was a, a budget challenge, that would be one thing. This was just more of an innocuous sort of challenge that was yeah. for like a a special reward or something. But I'm I'm more surprised that he's not getting nominated because of it. 
You know what I mean? Huh. Okay. Like that, that is the more shocking thing to me that they just like, yeah, it's Jordan. Like, you know, but back to it. So they have to vote for who they think was the best kisser. Paul writes Olivia's name down on the whiteboard. Oh, I forgot about all and, this bullshit. And Nucky notices it and, and it's like, you want to switch that, right? And he's like, fine, I'll write Tom or whatever it was. And, and she's like, yeah, I would switch it. Because, and I didn't fucking know this, Paul is a fucking girlfriend at home. Wild. What? Wild. And it, and Naki was telling told Olivia this took it to her was basically like yeah I he was like writing your name and I told him you need to change that and and Olivia and it, I think it was a good and a good friendship move by Naki which Olivia then will not reward her for later besides the point because Olivia is like I don't really she says I don't really like play into Paul's flirtatiousness and they do and she's like I think it's just like a brother sister thing like that's our dynamic. I think she does play into it but that's just me. But she thinks it's mo- it's not sexual and it's not like that. I don't believe that. But, but it, yes, that is what she says. But it doesn't matter but like and Olivia says this like it doesn't really matter what it is. Yeah. It can be read like that. Right. And you ha- and Naki's point was like if I was Paul's girlfriend at home I wouldn't like it. Well, here's the thing. I don't give a shit about what Paul's girlfriend thinks. Sure. The issue more is that it's not going to blow up on Paul. It's going to blow up on Olivia. It's going to blow up on Olivia. Olivia's going to get painted as a homewrecker. And that's going to give people the excuse to get to vote her out if she's up for elimination. Right. That's the problem for me. Like, Paul, what happens in his relationship back home is nobody's business but him and his girlfriend. Yeah. And it's not up for discussion in the house, I really don't think. No. And it's not anybody's business, you know? Like, it's not my business to try to protect their relationship. That's his business. Mm -hmm. That should be his concern. That should be why he didn't want to write some other girl's name down if he knew if his girlfriend was going to take it that way or not. Yeah. But the issue is, is that, it then makes Olivia look like with all this flirtation that's happened, innocent or not, it makes it look like there's something going on. And then it's going to make all the people at home go fuck Olivia for breaking them up. Even if that doesn't happen. And Olivia tried to explain that to Paul, but of course it's Paul. Yeah. I don't know why Noki's in my business. Like, it's just like, fuck off. Like, that can't... was more intelligible than anything he literally has said sure, on the show. Sure. It, uh, like, can I'm... we talk about the fact that this man sounds like he's gargling salt water with every word? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? So, um, uh, so then, okay, so now let's get to what actually happened with this, the evil Big Brother stuff, right? And right. In the room 101. So after Carrie gets eliminated... Um, then Big Brother decides... <laughs> well, no, before she gets eliminated, they say who the... they. Oh, right. They they mention, hey, the two people that were possessed, that was Naki and Trish, and we were by like, the way. And we were like, that's so rude. That was, like, I can't believe Big Brother decided to do that. I, I'm glad they did it because of what happened, and it's messy as fuck, but it's not nice. It's- no, well, I'm... Okay, from a watching TV standpoint, yeah. I'm glad they did it, right? Because right. it created drama. I'm upset because these are real people. Sure, exactly. Uh, um, and it led to Dylan being a fucking maniac. Uh, oh, my God. Um, we will talk about that in a second. But what happens is Carrie is being stuffed in this tiny, tiny coffin. And she's like, hey, by the way, like, 
I, no hard feelings for anybody. Like I understand they had to like nominate somebody. Like no, like nobody should be getting and yelled at for this. Yeah, she's literally like, "Don't take it out on them." And Dylan's like, "Nope." Dylan's like, "Oh no, I'm gonna go yell at both of them." And so he like, and but, but also they're on the screen in the wa- main room. So all the this. other home or all the other housemates are watching. This I'm so happen. I'm so thankful that was the case yes. because and Trish said it. She's like, at that point, she's like. Fuck it, I'm ready. If he comes in, I'm going to fuck any. So he came down that hallway hot, and Trish was ready. And he starts, I cannot believe, he starts with the whole, what about black-on-black crime, huh? Like, it's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like the idea that they were supposed to have your back just because you're all black? When, when also... I'm pretty sure, unless I'm misremembering, it's mainly Paul, the, the egregious one on this. When they're all accusing fucking Trish of, like, talking too much about politics and talking too much about, like, overly serious conversation, and then that's well, the then, fucking thing you drop? Well, and then also actively calling her aggressive. Like, yeah. actively using, like, like all of these colorist tropes against her when you're a, a lighter skinned black man sure. and they are both darker skinned black women. Like you realize that the, the tropes hit them harder, right? Not because, not just because they're women, but also because the color of their skin is darker than yours. Yeah. You have a higher privilege. You can pass for a white man with a tan, sir. But also like, so to label it the black on black crime thing and to also look like one, You've Dan or Danny Dylan has nominated Trish in the past, right? Like, literally, I think last week he nominated Trish. Well, and but he now was like, suddenly, like, now suddenly it's egregious for like Nucky to have fallen asleep on his arm after putting him up for no- oh, a that nomination. Was, that was so stupid. It's like, w- dude, you can't talk about nominations. No, what do you expect? Also, like, number one, you can't talk about nominations normally. But, like, this was also a secret fucking task that they were specifically told if you are caught or found out by any of the other housemates, you will be severely punished. Quote, severely punished. Yeah. Like, absolutely not. I'm not telling you. Are you fucking kidding me? But here's the thing. Like, he tries to spin it later as because he, he apologizes to Trish later in, in the next day. And try, what was annoying me about the apology to Trish was he was framing as a, I knew you can banter. And I knew that you, you and me could go. That's not really what happened. He was fully willing to yell at Nucky as well. If it was, yeah. if Trish didn't get up and fucking take it to him, he would have yelled at Nucky until she fucking cried and fucking like, yeah. so don't make it about like you were, you com- you respected Trish enough to sort of go back and forth with her on this. That's also, not what fucking happened. I just, I need to take a moment and Nucky had every right to like, pull back and not want to be engaged in that and like feel however she was feeling on the back end of that. Yeah. So, cause she was also being targeted by that bullshit from Dylan, but every other motherfucker in that house knew that that wasn't okay. Whether they are going to side with Dylan or not, they knew in that moment that him screaming at her like that on national goddamn motherfucking television yeah. was not okay. And the fact that not a single motherfucker got up in his face and said, you're not going to scream at this woman in this house. And, and like, yeah. Ooh, that got me so hot. Jenkins like, tried to defuse, but he didn't go far. But enough. he didn't move. Like he should have gotten up and gotten in his face. Sure. 
Because the way that I would have been off that couch, the, the second that he walked through that door, I would have been like, you need to turn around and go. Go to the diary room. Get out of here. You do not need to be in this room with how hot you're coming in. The issue is that the the people closest to Trish aren't the people to do that. Like Yinra and Henry Jordan, they're not going to be the ones to like sort. Maybe Maddie could, but like. Maybe, but Maddie's also a, more of a, a let's have a calm conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And let's have an educational moment. And when people are heated, they're not going to be – that's not the time to do that. Yeah. Like somebody needed to stand up because at the end of the day, it is extremely hard to not just watch a a man screaming at a woman like that. That's fucking okay. But the fact that the, that is a black woman at the end of, of that, no matter who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that that is a black woman getting screamed at like that and nobody fucking, I was heated. Well, also to then. I was so angry that nobody like got up and was standing with her. But then also in certain nominations that came after that, act, either at the worst, making it a mutual fight. Like right. making that it was, they were mutually aggressive. Right, because there other. were some people that like, who was it? That Tom put, literally nominated Trish because of how aggressive she was in the fight, but didn't nominate Dylan. But there was, wasn't there somebody that nominated both Dylan and Trish? Yeah. Who it, was that? I forgot who it was. But like, what are you doing? It's like, I don't, I can't. Like, that's some both sides bullshit. There was no way that Dylan wasn't in the wrong in this. And when they cooled down for like a couple hours and then they had the meeting around the thing where where Trish then laid out what exactly happened in the nominations thing and how she didn't actually vote. Well, and then they started accusing her of lying. Yeah, they're like, I don't believe that. It's like, fuck off. They're really, they're going to, when Olivia and Paul and that eventually get evicted whenever, they need, they're going to play that clip of what actually happened. Well, and here's, Here's the thing. This is where we start talking about implicit and explicit bias, right? right? Like, I do I believe that any of the people involved in Dylan's side of this, especially Dylan, like, he can't be racist again. Like, he's a black person. He doesn't have the power and, like, needed to be racist. Sure. But... He might be ignorant. Right. Very, And he can definitely participate in colorism as a lighter-skinned person. But, like... The white people involved in that on his side need to really examine, like, the fact that it doesn't matter where their motivations are coming from. The fact that their actions then reinforce racist stereotypes, they need to realize that, the again, the impact is more important than their intention. Yeah. Whether they realize that, whether they were motivated by racism or not, they were still playing into racism. And they need to realize that that their actions still have consequences. No matter where their heart is, they're, they were still being racist in that moment. Yeah. I also want to take time to also just, like, commend Trish of just, like, how she handled that fight. Like, she fucking tore his ass up left, right, and fucking sideways during that. She couldn't have been more in her power if she had levitated off of the ground like fucking Storm. When she sat back down and was just, like, fucking fake-ass bad boy, it's like... <laughs> It was so good. And then when the meeting happened where she explains it, the way that Dylan tried to like manipulate this is like, I want, I, you know, I 
wanted you he basically was framing it initially as like i wanted you to explain it to me when i came in and then you started getting aggressive with me and it's like that's not what fucking uh, happened. absolutely not you came down that hallway with fucking smoke on your heels motherfucker she, and she lays it out we saw you in the fucking room revving up and saying yeah. that i'm you're gonna tear them apart so i matched your fucking energy and then at the part where he goes you called me a dickhead and she goes because you were acting like a dickhead yeah like it, pretty fucking simple, and the way the room just went silent because it was just like, yeah. there's no disputing that. Yeah, and as much as we want to praise Trish for standing in her power, again, we like there's no like, just because Nucky backed down from that fight does not mean that she was weak or like no, not. No. In, like, she was protecting herself. She was doing what she needed to do in that moment to, to survive it. This narrative also that, like, Noki turns on tears and is, like, sort of, like, she's a game player in how she use, utilizes her, like, emotions and stuff like that. I think she's just measured. I don't... I, I would say in previous weeks I had clocked that she's very measured and very um, uh, intentional in how she expresses she's herself. She's pageant trained. But she's pageant trained. Like, it's going to be very difficult to remove that training and just be a, especially when you know you're on camera, right? It's very hard to, like, yeah. remove that knowledge and just be comfortable. Yeah. So I'm not going to blame her for being measured, for being intentional with her displays of emotion. But, but I don't think not, any of it's fake. It's not, I don't think it's any not of it's... It's not nefarious. Right. Like, that's my bigger thing. It's just, like... And the the amount of times that people, like, Paul and Tom were, like... She says one... You know, she talks shit about you behind your back and then your face, she doesn't say it. I'm like, when? When has that happened? Like, I, honestly... Unless I'm misremembering. Honestly, it it's very... Like, this is not to be disparaging, but... It's very similar to Anfisa on House of Villains. I don't hear a lot from Naki. <laughs> yeah, really. Like I don't like I don't hear her whispering in a corner about people. And if she were doing it, it would be on the screen because that's some dramatic shit. Yeah. So like the fact that we're not getting that from her means it's not happening. Yeah. You're making shit up in your head. And again, why are you doing that? You really need to examine why. You feel like this darker-skinned black woman is nefarious in the way that she displays emotion. And you don't feel the same about Olivia. Right. Who is also very, met, or like very specific in the way that she uses emotion. And you didn't feel the same about Hallie, who was very explosive with her emotions. Or Dylan. And you don't feel the same way about Dylan who does that. And you don't feel the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you only do that with her. It's just so weird. You it's... thought her waterworks were were manipulative, but when Yinrun does it, you think it's fine. Yeah. Why is that? And I really need you to sit with yourself and, and like, really dig deep and figure out why you assigned nefariousness to the dark-skinned black woman right uh let's go to some lighter moments because <laughs> I, I mean it was intense and we were very like you know <laughs> it got me heated this oh, week like oh, yeah. i just i can't there were a couple like sort of like uh small like sort of uh things that i noted that i thought it was interesting that getting a little background of jordan that we got like uh offhandedly uh where he brings up his dad and he talks about how he, he refers to him as a retired heroin addict Meaning that he he's died from right. heroin, um, 
And and I thought that was really interesting. I also thought it was weird that people were getting mad at him about that. It's like, oh, were they? Well, people were a little bit like, like turned ca- off by it, and like it's, it's like, callous or whatever. But- yeah, but it's like number one, it's Jordan. Number two, it's his trauma. He's about to. He's allowed to have dark humor about the trauma he's been through. Yeah, and, and he, you don't get to judge him for that. And I don't think he had much of a relationship with him. And also, so he talked because he brought it up because it's like. He has a lot of half brothers, yeah. And he said the way he puts it that he that his dad was very generous with his sperm, <laughs> which is such a fun way to put that. Um, but no, I just felt, I thought that was really an interesting depth to his character that I think we hadn't yeah. seen before. Um, one of my favorite just audio moments. So we haven't talked much about like the Big Brother narrator, which is so iconic. Yeah, <laughs> day fourteen six oh seven p.m. <laughs> so, but this was one of my favorite. Carrie has an important question on her mind. And it just Carrie going, what is a butt plug? <laughs> I forgot about that moment. It was so good. <laughs> so funny. And then also Carrie, oh God, Carrie putting the plastic tray in the oven and it just melted. Oh my God. <laughs> How embarrassed she was. I would be so fucking embarrassed in that house doing that. It's one thing to do it in your home. Yeah. But it's like when you have, everyone's relying so heavily on food. Well, especially when she has talked so heavily about you know when dylan finally goes home i'll take over the cooking because i just don't feel comfortable going in there and cooking when he's in there but i'm totally happy to go in there and cook you know and it's like she's talked a big game this whole time about her cooking ability and then the first time she does something in the kitchen it's this yeah it's like what the fuck gary <laughs> speaking of cooking i love my favorite uh confessionals uh this week were henry's when he was just ranting about dylan's cooking and him always cooking all we eat is chicken chinket chicken chicken minced chicken what about some veal fillets <laughs> and then at one point it's like where's the langoustine where's the <laughs> langoustine what part of economy budget do you not understand such pretentious fuck oh god um i also really liked uh in like one of the more serious ones where trish was talking to henry and jordan about her uh, stories and immigrants mm-hmm. coming from another country and like sort of like the trauma that comes with not being fully accepted into your new home and like yeah. sort of having to justify it. I thought that I can't even put into words how she put it. She put it so well and like, yeah. you know, had such an educated view on it where it was like, I, I would encourage people. I, th- I if the clip is around online to look at it, cause it's actually so well put. And like, I, I really like, um, I know that like our situation was not the same, but I felt some parallels there mm-hmm. like in the way that we felt like we had to leave texas because of the politics because we didn't feel like it was safe there for us anymore very similar to where her father felt like it was no longer safe for them to stay in their country and they needed to move in order to make a home that was safe but it's like you at that point you have to give up ever going home again yeah like that is something you have to mourn like it's one thing moving across town you can always go back and see the things but until things change in texas i don't feel safe going back there and i know you've gone back um once since then but it's a little bit different um in that you're not visibly queer. <laughs> right. I am very visibly queer. I can pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it's just, it's, it's a different, um, yeah, no. different thing. And so like, I very, I identified with that part of her story, like 
feeling like you have to mourn your home. Yeah. And uh, luckily, we have been very accepted and loved here in Pittsburgh, and we love Pittsburgh. Um, and um, I look forward to staying here forever. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things you just, it's a little heartbreaking thinking that you'll never go home again. Yeah. And I, I really identified with that. Um, and then, oh, and then much later, the fact that Chanel thinks there's two moons on Earth, oh my or God. multiple moons at the very least, because the one in Australia is up at one point when the her tracks have to be attached too tight. Like there's something going on. <laughs> so it was like the way they were just like, no, but like, but you understand that like, so yeah, I forgot. I think it was even Paul had to be like, so this is how the Earth looks, and so the moon's here, and it's like. The fact that Paul is, like, explaining this to you, I was like... I just... I can't. I absolutely can't. Chanel, sweetie. <laughs> no. Um, so, we got the nominations for the week. because uh, it's And it's going to be a double eviction. But I don't think they've told the house that yet. No, they haven't. So, there ends up being four people up for eviction. And it's exactly who you think it's going to be. It is Dylan and Trish and Nucky and Paul. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad it was Paul and not Olivia. Cause as, as I much, was thinking it could have been Olivia. As much as Olivia annoyed me this week, I'm like, Paul needs to be fucking nominated. He has yeah. skirted it way too fucking long. And, like, yeah. I, I think, uh, I, well, I, I don't want to make predictions because I can tend to be wrong. I would be shocked if Dylan doesn't go home. My worry is who goes home with him. Right. And my hope is that it's Paul. Paul has basically said, I'm ready to see my family. So, well, and we've bye. had, <laughs> and we've had get Paul out chance. Like, lightly. It's not going to be as intense. It it was not as intense as what we're going to get this week with the Get Dylan Out chance. He is going to get booed the fuck out. And the, and we didn't talk about it, but the craziest thing is because he survived the, the, the killer nomination eviction, he was also being like, well, they saved me twice. So, you know, clearly you're wrong with the public, blah, 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 as if Trish hasn't already been saved as well before. Right. But he's, he's so confident the public is on his side in this. Right. And I am going to be so happy when those chants start and we get to see the look on his fucking face. Well, and you, you heard his tune change as, as soon as he was up for elimination again. Yeah. He started talking about, oh, well, I'm definitely going home. Like, it's like, fuck off. Yeah. Um, also, we didn't mention it earlier, but like, I'm glad that Paul is back up for eviction because in the Secret Killer nominations, they they put oh, Olivia yeah. up because they were frustrated about how Olivia is around Paul. Then send Paul home. Why yeah. are you putting Olivia up? <laughs> I was like, what? if Paul is the problem, get rid of the problem. I don't I don't understand. That was so confusing. I was so confused, but it was also in the middle of the night, and they were sleep deprived, and like they not were... enough to where Nucky couldn't uh, like get her hair fully. Like she was like, I know I'm going to be in front of cameras. Yeah. I don't care if it's four a.m. <laughs> It, that was such an iconic moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it bitch, real, I'm going to serve. It was a real serve. Um, but that was Big Brother for the week. Uh, yeah, rooting for Dylan and Paul to get out of there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that will be exciting to see. All right, let's talk tops and bottoms. We've got Dancing with the Stars. We've got House of Villains, or as I like to call it, Hoville. And we've got Big Brother UK. How how are you thinking, babe? Um, I'll start with my top. Uh, I'm going to give it to Tanisha over on House of Villains. Okay. She really, like was a great, like you said, a great narrator for this episode. I thought she um, really moved story along. I was rooting for her at the end of the day in yeah. terms of like winning the competition possibly. 
Um, yeah, I think she was just a delightful part that really like, like she she really kind of came into her own this episode, and we got to see more of sort of like where her placement is going to be in the house, and and she was funny and confessional, and like I really really enjoyed everything she brought um, uh, to a slightly degree more than Tiffany. I want Tiffany to kind of step it up a little bit more. Yeah. In terms of at least like dialogue. Like, yeah, I think I really just think she's feeling under the weather is what's going on. Yeah, that could be it. Um, my bottom, I'm going to, I'm, it's not the bottom that you would think from big, big brother UK, but I'm going to give it a Jenkin. Okay. I've, I've really started to settle into the fact that I think Jenkin is really coasting. And at at best he's coasting. At worst he's really getting annoying in terms of like the shit talking. Yeah. And then like accusing other people of shit talking. Well, like, and it it seems very much like he's trying to like turn public favor. That's yeah, what it feels like. You can't force it. Yeah. And that's the issue. It's like you're forcing it way too much, and it just needs to feel more natural and real. Yeah. And I want to get to know you actually, and I feel like we were three weeks in, and I don't know much about Jenkins. Other than he talks shit all the time. Yeah, that's my issue. Uh, what about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms? Um, well, mine are exactly what you think they are. <laughs> um, so my bottom for the week is Dylan. Fuck that guy. Get him out. Britain, do your thing. Vote for Dylan. To go the fuck home. It's, it's that simple. Because we're really tired of it. Like, he's, like, borderline abusive in the house. And it's just really, it's it's toxic. And it's creating a, I mean, it's creating drama, sure. But it's creating very intense drama. And it's honestly, I don't want to see Trish to keep getting ganged up on like this. And I feel like that's just going to be his laser focus if he stays in the house. Yeah, I think so. Um, and so I'm just, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of him using, um, he's trying to weaponize race against Trish and Naki. And I just, I, I felt like that was gross. Um, and I love that Matt, that Maddie really called that out when he put him up, when he nominated him for, for eviction. He was like, he crossed the line. Um, and that, that means that it doesn't matter what else is happening. He's going up for eviction. There is no coming back from that. Right. And um, and I, I really appreciated that in that moment, even though I kind of wish Maddie had done more during the argument itself. Um, but that's just me. Um, and the other person is also exactly who you would expect, and that is Trish. Because that woman, god damn it, she just... She, and she shouldn't have had to, she shouldn't have had to, like, be that strong and that powerful because black women are constantly put in that situation, right? Where they have to stand up for themselves because no one else will. Yeah. And they are constantly forced to be strong. Like, black women deserve the space to also be soft. They shouldn't have to be strong all the time. They shouldn't have to be hard all the time. And yet they are constantly under attack in our society. And they are constantly put in a position where they don't have an option other than to constantly be on the defense. And that in and of itself also plays into that racist narrative, right, of of the aggression, right? It gets turned back on them. It, their defensive self gets turned back on them in a way that paints them as aggressive and paints them as shit stirrers and all of this other negative bullshit mm-hmm. that is 
just that bullshit because if we would leave them the fuck alone for three seconds we would be able to see that there's so much more there right than these racist stereotypes that we paint them with yeah and i i love how how soft she is with Henry and with Yenren and with Jordan. And I love seeing that side of her. I love that we've gotten to see that side. Um, and it's, it's beautiful to see all the different sides of her because I feel like she's been painted into a box and she's done everything she can to completely demolish that box and really show us that black women are multitudes you know, they are everything that everybody else is, you know, and they have the full breadth of humanity just like every everyone else does. Um, and I really just love that she has decided to just be herself and fuck everyone else and fuck everyone else's expectations on her. And um, it's just, it's really inspiring and beautiful to watch. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.